0: It's a good day. It's a beautiful day outside. I'm excited for this Sunday. So thankful to see you guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. Um, I've been telling you guys for a couple weeks I've got a big sermon prepared, and then this morning God's like, we're going to do something different. So we're going to do something different today. Um, so we'll push that one off another week, but I'm going to give you part of it today. But let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for your presence. I thank you for what you accomplished during worship and praise. Thank you for Um, taking ground in our lives through our mouth and through our worship um, that we can't tangibly see, but in the spirit realm it's real and it's been accomplished and it's done because of what you've given us in worship and praise today. Thank you for Irona. Thank you for the the family that's here worshiping together. Thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. And we just invite you to continue to minister to us this morning. We invite you, God, to open our hearts and our ears and our eyes to see um, that you just continue to propel us forward. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. i got to encourage you guys, make sure you're giving. I don't talk much about it, but every once in a while I feel, I feel prompted to just remind you that, that giving is, is fundamental to you having, you having the right priorities along with God in your life, right? So if, if you're ever feeling like I, I struggle to tithe, Just that's a very fundamental kind of commandment directive, but if you feel like there's a war within you around it, win that war, because what you're doing is you're giving God authority over your finances. But if you feel like, oh, I'm not gonna, I can't, I can't get it done. I can't get done what I need to get done in life if I give up a piece of this. That's actually that's a battleground that you've got to surrender and win. And so that's just my, there's my brief encouragement to you today. I think we'll, we'll talk at length about money and tithes later this year. I, we're going to do that. But I just want to encourage you, there's, if you're a very low earner, that tithe you give is so very important. If you're a very high earner, that tithe you give is so very important. There's no, there's no point at which you make enough money to make a difference. It's about you being in agreement with the kingdom of God You giving according to what God has directed you to give. And that agreement is what God can get behind. Just like your words, when they agree with heaven, he gets behind. Your money, when it agrees with heaven, he gets behind. And so if any of you are feeling like you're in a season of lack, give. Simple. It's simple math. And so I just want to encourage you with that. Uh, Do that, do that, do that. It'll change your life. It's good. All right. So we are... We are talking about praise for, this is like week five. Next week, Sophia is going to be talking about praise or something around that topic. And then we're going to wrap it up the following week. Um, Today, I'm just going to talk about one of the two engines of praise, because the second engine of praise is, is pretty deep and intense and really amazing, but we're not going to go there today. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of a sneak peek into what we'll talk about in two weeks. Um, but the first engine that I want to talk about is, is what happens when there's a natural encounter with his presence. So when Jesus comes in the room, and in our day, in our moment, it, when the Holy Spirit comes in the room, his presence, we have a natural reaction to it. It's, it's something that it's, it's unplanned, it's un, it's. It's outside of our brain's logic. It's something when the, the presence of God comes, we react. It's almost like it's involuntary. And for many of us, there's, there's a process of getting to know his presence to where we, we understand, oh, this is him. Therefore, there's a response that's appropriate. But I'll tell you, if God kind of pulls back the veil and lets us fully encounter his presence, there's no human being that wouldn't, like, react um, just naturally to it. Their body, their mind, their spirit, it is going to yield in some way to this higher level experience. Um, Let's look at the the first slide here. So it's, the concept is praise that erupts. That's a really, you like that? Do you like that? Look at that. That is a life changing Look at that thing, it's moving. That's amazing. (laughs) This is like like high school slide for your, your speech class. Serena, you keep keep shaking your head at me. I'm going to call you out. That is, you are shaming me in front of everybody. It's really, it it hurts my feelings. That is really awesome. I like that. But the idea is like, it comes from like within you, and it's not something that's like up here. It's something that's in here. So often when we talk about the spirit realm and the, the interface and the interaction with God, who's a spirit, it feels abstract. It does. And we try to intellectualize it and try to understand it and break it down into really tangible, logical terms, which we should. But there's a truth to the spirit where it's like the Bible describes it as like the communion with the spirit is like groanings that come from deep within. There's, there's something inside of you that you can't even articulate, but there's a connection between you and the presence or spirit of God that is beyond natural articulation, beyond natural logic. And that's good. And that's the way it's designed to be. And so for us, when we, we encounter the presence of God, we have to yield to that feeling. And that is really weird for us. And it's really foreign to us. And I'll tell you, like in the early days of my, my walk with God, when I'd feel his presence and feel like, I'd feel emotional at times, I'd like want to cry, or I'd feel like shaky at times, like I'd feel conviction, I'd feel all kinds of different things depending on the day and depending on his presence. There was, a, there was a discomfort with that. I didn't understand it, so it was uncomfortable. And I think that's normal, it's really normal. But I'll tell you that the, the God that has designed us to experience him in that physical way, where we we can tangibly experience something that's in the spirit realm, is excited about that turmoil in you, and he's excited for that to become something where it's a longing and an excitement because you recognize him. It's really a beautiful thing. It's your spirit man or woman, that spirit being in you, rising up and and trying to motivate and move you in a way that just natural things don't do. We can sit and talk about Jesus all day long. But when his presence comes and there's something that's moved in you, there's something else going on. That seems really basic, right? But there's something much more significant that God has designed where he says this is a fundamental piece of the way humanity interacts with me. And so in terms of what motivates us and draws us closer to him, which can only yield good things, it can yield power, it can yield healing, it can yield peace, It can yield all the fruits, right? It could, all that good, good stuff comes from being closer to him. The further we are away, the more we resist, the more inclined we are to just stay subject to these things that kind of dominate our logic or our bodies or our minds. We just We're driven by our best intentions, maybe, but we're not necessarily driven or drawn by the spirit that's prompting us into other things. And so the, the one engine that I want to just identify today for us, it's a super, super simple idea is that when his presence is there, the joy and the drawing of that presence is something we must embrace and lean into. We gotta lean into go to the next slide. The simple scripture in his presence is fullness of joy. Okay? Read it really quick to yourself. It's one of the most simple ones on the planet. But if you're in his presence, that is the f- fullest expression of joy that's available to us as human beings. Now, I'll ask you the question, do you have, how's your joy levels, right? So if, if you go like, I, my joy level in life is here, I know there's a version here that I haven't got to, I just will, in a very simple way, challenge you, invite or or anticipate ways to get Jesus and his presence into the areas of your life where your joy levels are down. Because if he's there in that room, your joy levels are up. Simple math. You got big issues in this category, you're like, I hate my math teacher. (laughs) They are horrible in every way. Every time I go into that room, I just feel condemned, I feel like this is impossible, I feel like they are out to get me, I am not going to succeed, I just hate this assignment. Or maybe it's your boss or something else like it. You you have a decision to make if you're on assignment. If you're on assignment, joy is available to you in every environment. You guys remember when Paul and uh, Silas were in prison? In prison, chained up, in prison, And they start singing and joyful praise and celebration happens. An angel comes and all of a sudden this whole situation changes. It doesn't get much worse than that. You guys are here. You're not in uh, like a a zero century, what is that, first century prison. That was rough. We're not even talking about like intensity like that. We're just talking about normal life circumstances in a healthy, like very, very advanced civilization concept. But there's hardship that comes and I'll just invite you guys with me to endeavor to invite Jesus into every arena we're assigned to and then being aware that joy is the right that I have because I carry the kingdom of God into this arena. It is the kingdom of God's dominion, it's its way to have righteousness, peace, and joy taking ground. And so for you, that's your assignment, that's your challenge. It's a beautiful thing and I'll tell you, the amazing thing about God's presence, it doesn't take a wise Christian believer of maturity and years to react in a spontaneous volcanic joyful way in his presence. People can just feel different because they experience the same presence you do. And so for us, a lot of the times we're we're challenged with how do I affect my environment? Well, you just bring joy and let them ask the questions. You bring hope and let them feel it and go, what is going on? Things are changing, this is better when I'm around you. It's ever since you became my boss, ever since you became my partner in this assignment, ever since you, know, you sat down next to me, I've watched myself over the course of these last six months just totally feel different. Can you tell me about your life? That's his presence bringing joy and it's a good thing. All right, there it is, so there's one engine. Let's go to the next slide, okay. This is where we're going to go today. Uh, This is Elkin, once again, dictating the sermon for the day, because he had the right scripture in prayer time, which was so, so cool. Uh, Last night I was talking to Sophia, I was like, this, and we talked about this scripture. I hadn't planned on talking about it, God's like, this is what we're talking about today. Uh, And so Elkin, thank you very much for being on, in tune with the Spirit of God, it's so cool. That's how he works. That's how the Spirit works. Um... So if in his presence is fullness of joy, think in your mind about not the person you know, but like a cartoon caricature of the least joyful human being on the planet. What do they look like? Don't look at your neighbor. They don't look like your neighbor. (laughs) Don't do it. I bet they don't look like a young child okay I bet youthfulness and vibrancy aren't part of their description and characteristic I bet it's something in your mind like if I were to draw the picture I kind of see this old like grumpy like person that's just feisty and fiery and no smiles Not joy. If if God's presence is the the expression of the fullest version of joy, what is our responsibility to actually experience that in life? See, the interesting thing about God, while he can overpower and cause eruptions in us and draws and pushes and pulls He never takes away our free will to stop a thing. He really doesn't. He he is the most loving creator. He has given us absolute freedom over how we decide to interact with him and other people. And joy, like laughter, like freedom, these are things we can just turn off, knowingly or unknowingly. Have you ever had, like, your friend come in the room, and they're, like, so excited, but you were not excited before they got there? In fact, you're kind of bitter and upset about something. You're heavy, and you're down. And they walk in, and they go, i got to tell you about all this stuff. And you're, like, just venom is coming out of you towards them. You're almost resentful that they're so happy, and you're, like, no, you will not be this way because you don't understand what's going on with me. Husbands and wives experience this probably more than others because you're constantly with someone and you at times you'll demand that they go there with you and it's it's it really happens and you guys can remember people at work or school where you're around them and you're like that's an eeyore like that is a person that every time i'm around that person the life is just sucked out of me i feel heavy and sad and and then you can also look in the mirror and go sometimes i'm an eeyore like i'm capable of being an eeyore and I assume you guys all know what Eeyore is, right? Winnie the Pooh? Yeah? yeah? Good? Good? Okay, good. Um, we, we, we have an opportunity with Jesus to experience joy, but it's our responsibility to facilitate joy, accept with open arms joy, invite joy, and, and celebrate it when it arrives. It's a choice. It really is. And you say, well, I want to be Eeyore today because I have a real situation. I understand. But I'll tell you, life is capable of giving you a situation per day for the rest of your time that justifies you not agreeing with joy. It really is. Frankly, life can give you a situation per hour. And if you were my grandma, you'd watch the news like all day long and you'd find a situation every like five minutes where it's like joy is just not part of this equation any longer. And my, my old grandma, she was awesome. She was a feisty little lady, depression era lady, saved every penny lady, just, just tough and gritty, but she had a huge smile for me every time I came around. But then i talked talk to her, I'm like, Grandma, stop watching the news. You're just so bitter and grumpy. This is not right. Let's go outside and do the garden. Oh, okay, that's a good idea. Let's do that. You know, but, And then you get out there and she'd talk about politics. i like, stop it, stop it, stop it. These are not good topics for us. This is not how we're supposed to do this. We've got to choose happier things. Um, you guys know that cycle. That's a really simple, normal cycle. And, and things can be going really well. And then you're challenged because wow, things are going so well, I have new opportunity in front of me. And the opportunity is daunting and heavy in its concept, not in its reality. It's like this thing might be coming that's so good, what's going to happen? This is this could be terrible, actually. Well, no, it's, it's actually just a predisposition and it's a choice. It's a choice to live in a state of joy. And I want to bring you back to the cartoon. The cartoon is this, this grizzled, like, wrinkled version that's like sun beaten and broken by the weight and heaviness of life versus the child that's joyful dancing and free which facilitates encourages fuels enables joy which version of you is active in the different environments God has decided to put you in and we all have many And you go, well, I'm really joyful, Vince. I promise. Just ask this person. Well, yeah, that person and in the environment that that person is is participating with you in, you you guys have joy. It's real. I'd rather ask this person, the one that you're quiet about that maybe is 10% of your life and this person is 70% of your life. It's not about... Can you be joyful when joy is around you? It's can you, can you actually be the one that brings it, maintains it, encourages it, regardless of what is in the room with you? That is your kingdom responsibility. Remember, the kingdom is righteousness, peace, joy. We're bringers of the kingdom. We're apostles that are bringing the kingdom to different arenas. We're on assignment by God. Berkeley, California, different employers, different schools, different relationships. You are not where you are by mistake. It's not random. God is not randomly bringing you to places. You go, you don't understand. My assignments are really, really hard. No, I understand perfectly. You're designed for it. You're equipped for it, but there has to be an awareness about what you carry and the spirit with which you operate. And so going back to this this. Wonderful scripture. Jesus, in his time with the disciples, was doing some very serious things. How many of you guys, when you think about Jesus, think about him with a huge smile on his face? Every time. Good job. (laughs) I'll tell you truthfully, it took me a, like, I think at some point I recognized that I didn't, but I had never considered that I didn't. I had always thought of Jesus as this, like, serious, like, power guy that was like almost cussing out the Pharisees at all times, like throwing tables around, you know, tell, casting demons out, just intense. Somehow for years, decades actually, I forgot the part where thousands of people are following him, celebrating the miracles that he's working, laughing, rejoicing, set free. I. I didn't put that action together with joy. I put that action together with, like, serious guy. Like, just, you know, this is, you know, he goes slow because he's wise, right? And he's just, it's like, I don't need to eat this month, I'm fine. You know, like, like, I'm going to go to the desert for a few weeks. You guys stay here, like that was my Jesus <laughs> like, and I'm like I want to be like Jesus and so I was fasting and prayer and like if I had prophetic words it was like whoa, it was like God's going to come after I deliver this word it's intense like there's just there's power in everything I long to do because I want to be like the Jesus I know I didn't have any idea that Jesus was probably laughing every single day a lot a lot This scripture is really, really interesting to me because the full story is they're on assignment. Jesus is walking around and he's doing what he always did. He's bringing hope. He's healing. He's kind of restoring people, basically giving them a new life, right? Like completely new hope and filled life. They, They leave those experiences with like, They're lit up and bright, and they're hopeful again. And it's like Messiah is here. This is everything we've been waiting for. And that was important work. Jesus, in this scripture, stops the important work. And he calls some kids over. Now, if you guys have ever been around kids, I despised kids for the longest time. I really did. I didn't enjoy it. Like, it was just, this is completely true. Like, I, like, baby, everyone's like, you want to hold the baby? I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, (laughs) I'm good. Like, I did not enjoy children. I really didn't. Um, I, they were, they weren't, they, like, remember how I described Jesus as, like, this serious guy who was, like, really smart and really intelligent, able to break down the people he was around. He was, he was just super on assignment, super effective power guy. Children, children, like, I was more that than I was lighthearted, joyful, cared about fun than anything else, truthfully. Like, if you were to put me on a spectrum, I wouldn't have been, oh, he's super fun. Like, Soph was really really concerned when I first met her that, like, oh, this guy's really intense. This guy's really intense. (laughs) I was really intense. For a whole host of reasons, like, really intense. Not justifiable, but just reality, like that's where I was in my life. Um, Jesus does this thing where he calls the kids over. And I have to think of myself and I, what I would have done in that situation. I think I would have done the same thing the disciples did. This, this doesn't give us the full picture. I'll read this really quick. He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change, say change. And become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. There's, there's another uh, gospel that says he kind of had to argue with the disciples and say, like, no, let them come. And the di- disciples were like, no, no, get out of here. And Jesus was like, no, let them come. I, I have to think of, like, who I am, and I want you to think of who you are. Would you have been one that's like, we're in a serious moment here? We got thousands of people lined up waiting to get healed of like life-threatening diseases. I think I would have done the same thing like, hey, kids, not the time. Get out of here. Get out of the way. Parent, get that kid quiet. Let him talk. Right? I, I'm so guilty of that. So, so, so guilty of that. Where, where it's a prioritization of, towards the serious things in life. The intense, the meaningful, the, the heavy, the, the like weighty, not the light, seemingly insignificant things. Jesus stops the heavy, the weighty, the intense, and he says, no, 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 let them come over here. All of you need to change. He uses the word change. These are people who had been following him, people that were in agreement with him. He goes, no, there's something fundamental in you that's holding to this seriousness, this intensity over what's actually occurring right before your eyes in these children. This is actually the kingdom. And unless you guys change and become more like them, prioritize lightness, joy, free spiritedness, you're actually going to miss the whole thing while you're here. You might graduate to heaven when it's over because there's grace for that. But I want you to experience the fullness of the kingdom now. I don't want you to be bowed over, all broken and, and heavy and say, this is the kingdom of God. I want you to be free, light, joyful going with victory into different environments, carrying and facilitating different and deeper levels of joy, and then saying, this is the kingdom. See, if the kingdom is just righteousness, ooh, that's a heavy responsibility. You're, you're walking around to everybody and you're saying, let me tell you what's right. Let me show you what's right and implicitly what's wrong. You're either on one side or the other of these pretty black and white lines. Let me explain it to you. And you go, oh, no, this is really good news. It's good news. <laughs> it's good news because you're explaining that Jesus set them free. But if, if the fruits of that revelation aren't peace and joy, oh, I don't know how good your news are, or how good your news is, right? So, I want, I want us today, this, the whole concept is what motivates me to worship God in a way that he's excited about it, what motivates me to carry the kingdom, what empowers me to carry the kingdom into the environments I'm called to carry it into. I'll tell you right now, childlikeness is at a fundamental foundational level to everything you're designed to do, and it's going to take work. It's going to require change. It really, really is. Every single person, there's not one person in this room that can't benefit from progress in childlikeness, in reprioritizing the way we think and act in order to better facilitate the presence of God. If I was to say, hey, there's 10 topics, and we did this, I think, last time, there's like this list of topics, the key topics in my life, where's joy in them, right? We did that. We kind of flew through that. and I, I think each of us would go, I don't think I'm 10 out of 10, in all the key topics, right? So there's room for progress. And some of us are gonna say, I'm dominated by this one subject that I'm actually like a one out of 10, or maybe a zero, or maybe even negative. Maybe I am King Eeyore. I bring the death. <laughs> when I come into the room, it's like, King of death, there he comes. Oh no, he's coming in. Here he comes, he's coming, right? And, and I'll just tell you, that's not God's design. And there is, there is victory to be had you were to carry joy, and it, it may take some work, but let's agree together that we're going to make that progress. We're going to do that work. I wanted to give you guys a picture to consider. Um, I have five children, and sometimes when we consider like what what joy and childlikeness looks like, the easiest is just to pay attention to what kids do. It's just it's simple. This stuff isn't like abstract. Like God's like be childlike, and then it's some theology paper or philosophy thing where it's like, I wonder what that meant. It's like, no, look at the kids. What do they do? So I think about when I come home from work, I open the door, all five of my kids make their way as aggressively as they can to come greet me. <laughs> and there's, there's different ages, right? So I'm going to work backwards, and I want you to like see what the experience is for each one and understand that there's, val- there's value in each of them. And and I try to, and I need to, I need to daily work on adding some of what they're doing to demonstrate their love and celebration and excitement over me to God. Like, what is praise? Praise is celebrating God. Thank, like, I love you. I'm excited for you. Like, if Jesus walked in the room, and, he's, and, and you guys knew the assignment before he walked in is when he comes in, praise him. Like, what would that look like to you? It should look like a really ecstatic, like I'm so excited version. You know, you can, whatever words, whatever physical expression you've got, you would do it. My seven-year-old, Violet, when I come in the room, she runs and then she, she immediately goes, kisses, 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 and, she gives, and like kisses, 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 and then she'll start telling me about something that happened that day. She's so excited to share something and she can articulate it really well in a lot of detail And I could stand there for like seven minutes while she explains the whole thing. That's Violet. That's a child with with their father saying, I'm excited. Let me tell you about me. Let me tell you about the good things that are going on in my world. That's a good thing. My next is Lila. She is six. She runs, and then she roars like a lion. Ah, And then I I, I roar like a lion back. And then she'll come and put her face in my face like we're lions. That's cool. That's her excitement expression towards me. It's very fun, it's very beautiful, and that's where it stops. My next one is Clementine. She will run and jump on me on some level like a koala bear and just not let go. So it's either my leg, my arm, And then she'll, like, say, up, 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 pick me up. And I'm like, no, you're too big for that. And she's like, no, and she'll climb up, climb up my body. And she will not let me get away from her until I hug her. And then she'll want to show me a picture she's colored or drawn. Um, The next one is Harley, and she is three. And she says, my boyfriend's home, my boyfriend's home. And she runs, and then she tells Sophia, no, he's mine, he's mine, get away, get away. My boyfriend's home. Come here, boyfriend. And she gives me a kiss. And she goes, oh, you're my boyfriend. That's my three-year-old. She's very possessive. She's very possessive. Like, you are mine. No one else can have you. And then there's Magnolia. We call her Noli. She's like crawl sprinting from wherever she's at. She's like, da, 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 da. That's it. And then she'll get to me, and I pick her up. And then she's off to something else. But she she makes her way from whatever part of the room she's in, and oftentimes she's in a high chair, and you'll just hear her going, Donna, Donna, because she can't get to me. So she's just yelling, yelling until I get there. That's childlikeness. Like, that's, that's happy. That's happy. And I'll tell you guys, that posture, whether you're, you know, two to seven, there's characteristics in each of those to where be on guard if you don't have that same reaction when God's in the room. Be on guard. What's, what is, what's rising up in me or around me that says I can't run to him and tell him all about my day, grab him like a koala bear, roar at him like a lion, whatever. Wherever you're at. What's going on that's so serious? Because they're it doesn't belong there. It doesn't belong there for long. That is not joy. It's something else. It's something weighty and serious. Jesus would say, I love you, but we gotta change. I've gotta make you childlike again to where you just come after me with absolute abandon. You're so excited to see me and interact with me. I know all the stuff that's going on. There's days where each of those Five kids come, and one of them's crying. It's like, I got hurt today. And it would have been like seven hours ago, and there's like a scratch. Like, Daddy, Daddy, look, do you have a Band-Aid? It's like, no, no. It's like already healed. Like, you don't even, like, no, I don't have a Band-Aid. And that's okay, too, because they're running to me. But if every day they came and there wasn't an injury, and they're just like, I need you. be like, hey, is, like, what's going on here? Where's the, like, what, what happened that's good today would be my response to them. I, I kind of change, like, hey, the, we, we don't connect only on pain. We connect on joy way better than we connect on pain. I'm here if you got pain. But don't make pain our connection point. That's not child. Children don't do that. Adults do that. Adults are like, I have this great, great friend. Well, what's great about him? Well, they listen to all my problems. And I listen to all their problems. We're really close. We're deep friends. Maybe, maybe that's okay for a season, but man, it's got to turn into hope and joy. Otherwise, you're just, you're in a place of of heaviness with no, like that's where you're connecting. There has to be in a balanced relationship that joy and the willingness to go there in pain, but understanding that the majority of life is actually joy. It's actually joy if I'm childlike, Right? It really is. And it, I'll tell you guys, it takes work because our culture's not that way. If you watch the news every day like my grandma did, you're not going to be very happy. If you read, the, if you read you know, your phone with all the news updates, like just do Google News. Have you update. Like, I've been fascinated of late. I've, I've turned off Google News because I'm like, even Google can't find good things. It's literally like someone died in this state, someone died in this state, someone died in this. It's like, yeah, for, for thousands of years, people have died every day. That's not new, and that's not news. I'm not, like, diminishing it. It's serious, but is that a place to meditate and dwell? We don't dismiss it. We don't live in fairyland, but the truth is, like, where is 80% of my heart spent? Heaviness, comparison, intensity, joyful life living. It's a, it's a choice. And so when Jesus walks in the room, If if you're childlike, you will erupt with praise in a celebratory manner. You won't, when he walks in the room, go, Oh, finally, Oh, I've been waiting. It's terrible. Let me tell you about what's been going on. I am so glad you finally showed up. I have a lit. Hold on. Here's my prayer list of 82 things you haven't addressed. Like, that is not what you're supposed to do. But that's kind of who we can become if we're not careful, right? And so let's give ourselves permission today to, to stoke, like fuel the engine of praise that is joyful eruption celebration focused. There's a heavy side to life. I'll talk about that in a couple weeks. There's a reality to, when we face hardship, but it's not, the, it's not the, the majority. There's moments. Yes, we will all pass away. Yes, we will at times get sick. Yes, we will see injustice and feel pain look at the life God has given us. There is so much to celebrate, so much joy to rehearse these good things that God is and has done. Be one of those five children to Jesus every time first. Start there. Start there. Don't start with the list. Start with the childlikeness. Celebrate the things that are good and you'll find that he's more excited to come in the room. Remember that list of 82 things when you greet your spouse with 82 things that are negative? We've had seasons like that where I'd come in and Soph's like, let me tell you about the day. I'd be like, I'm going to go back to work. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got to go back. I, I know it's 7 o'clock. I got to go back. I'd left something on my desk. It's really important. Um, it's, you know, he, he's like us. He wants, he wants real relationship. He wants the full version of you, but sometimes it just takes work. And it takes intentionality. You go, well, hey, I've got that, that heavy relationship that I was pointing out earlier. I've got one of those. You don't have to cut them all off. You are responsible to change the focus. Like, hey, we're gonna, what, what good is happening before and after we talk about the bad? We're not gonna, I'm not going to shut you up if you have an issue. But I'm going to say, hey, let's, let's talk about the good. Let's talk about the hard thing. But let's come back to the good. Let's leave good. It's important. Okay, so there it is. There's the engine. Go, go, uh, I'm going to give you these next two slides in preparation for a couple weeks out because I actually think we're more inclined to understand this stuff than we are the joy stuff. I know what I just said wasn't complicated, but truthfully, we don't live there as often as we live here. And so I do want to acknowledge that this exists. So the, there's the kingdom of God. Remember what kingdom is? Righteousness, peace, and joy. So we're trying to kind of translate the, the pieces here. It suffers violence. And so that's, that's like an that's a aspect of life where the enemy is after our righteousness, peace, and joy. And so it is an a aspect of life that we do need praise to deal with. And we'll get there. Go to the next one. We live as human beings, but we do not wage war according to human standards, for the weapons of our warfare are not merely human. So we're acknowledging there's this arena where there is a constant barrage and we're constantly under attack. What is it about children that allow them to bounce back and not live in a place of heaviness at all times? I don't fully know, truthfully, I really don't, but there's not one child I've met that's that young, that's kind of free of abuse and free of kind of really heavy things, that doesn't naturally want to smile and naturally want to inquire and be alive with you. And so there's something in our DNA, we're designed for joy, but we're under assault from other forces. And so I just want you to know, if you feel like, hey, I don't have joy, what you're talking about sounds great, but it just really feels abstract and kind of far off. Understand there is a path to joy. God has not said the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, and then we're left in a world where we just have no tools to get there. We're going to give you tools to get there. But it does take some overcoming and sometimes it takes war. War against things that are against us. Go to the last slide. There is no violence that can't be overcome by praise. And so that's what we'll talk about next time. Go to the next one. This is going to be our subject next time. Trained in praise. There he is. Yep, doing those pull-ups. He can do more pull-ups than Don. That's amazing. (laughs) And me. (laughs) I can't do any pull-ups anymore. He's really doing pull-ups. All right. All right, let's turn that off for a second. I, I want to I encourage a couple of you guys with, with words. I, there was years where all I did was go to churches and prophesy over people. I really like what we're doing, um, and I really like being here with you every week. And I'm intentional not to do too much of it at times, but I just really feel like of late in particular, I'm going to ask Soph to come up because we're going to pray over a couple of you guys publicly. There's something that really comes to light and life in us. When God speaks, not just to the season we're in, but to where we're going, not just to, like, what's been going on, but who we actually are. Prophecy is something that God is designed to, like, edify, which means build up. Encourage, which means, like, kind of let's get back to that joy perspective and comfort sometimes when we need it. Because life can be challenging. We are going to focus on joy for a long, long time. Probably for the, as long as I'm here, I'm going to be focused on joy. And I'll tell you, it's not because I don't know what heaviness is. And it's not because I don't know what hardship is. And I could talk about it for a long, long time. And I could tell you all my personal stories of what hardship I've faced. But that is the, what I want to do for us as a community. Is we want to shift to hope. And we want to shift to purpose and God's intention over our experience. Our experience at times can justify patterns of grumpiness, patterns of not joyfulness, patterns of that old wrinkly kind of set in my ways. You go like, how does that person get there? You know, they're old and grumpy. And you guys, when you're teenagers, you're like, oh, that, that old teacher I had, they were just rotten and grouchy. You have no idea how they get there until you, until you go through 40 years of life with getting battered by different things and never, never allowing joy to rebound. So one of the things God has given us as a family, as a community, is the ability to encourage each other. We, when we encourage each other, when we build each other up, it gives us hope, which is actually what children have by default. They don't have any concept that tomorrow's going to be bad they're just pumped about the next moment they love the thing they're doing and if they don't they literally get up and walk away from it and do something else they like my kids are great at that that's why the house is just destroyed after about 12 minutes it's like they'll build a they'll, they'll, let's do blocks and they'll start the blocks this is so fun and it's like oh i don't want to do this anymore and then they'll go like let's go destroy the kitchen let's destroy it that sounds more fun it's like, this juice, let me spray it across the room. That sounds fun. They just do what's fun in that moment, right? But we get so refined. We get so, like, structured and responsible. Sometimes we just get heavy. And it's our responsibility as family to encourage, lift up, build up one another. And that's needed. It's not weakness. It's needed. It's God's design. That's how he's, he's fashioned us. So we just wanna encourage a couple of you guys publicly, which is super fun um, for us and hopefully helpful to you. Um, but I'm gonna start with Daniel, because Daniel's my guy, I love Daniel. <laughs> you, you can if you want, you can, you can hang out, you can hang out. Uh, why don't you come up? What we're gonna do, we got, we'll have like a little, we're gonna pray for him, and then we're gonna make him sit down next to Vera and she's gonna pray for him on the side after we, we get done. But we just want to encourage Daniel as a family. So excited for this guy. We, during worship, I just, I saw God coming and just celebrating his commitment to the kids. I saw him, and I just saw you with, with eyes that were, like, warm and alive with love. And I know your school year's coming to an end. So every time, oh, yesterday? So every time my school year end, ended, I was like, oh, can I get a new job now? That's how I was, <laughs> But there's something that God has done with you. And so I just want to celebrate this season that you've been in where where you have given life and hope to these children. We're talking about childlikeness here, and you have brought childlikeness to kids who actually don't have that childlikeness because you've seen the heaviness that they're under. Some of the kids that you minister to daily don't have the joy. They have other hardships and things that children shouldn't face. And God was just, he's so overjoyed enamored he's so excited about who you are to these kids he's so excited about the investment that you've made i just see this i see a map of like south america and i see you strategically calling out places in prayer and then i see you over the years going there to plant schools and to create opportunity for children that have hopelessness and they are given hope because of the heart that god has given you and and He's, you, you've just you've done good to embrace the placement of the Lord. You've done good to embrace the placement of the Lord. so Father, we come alongside Daniel, we celebrate the good work that's begun in his life. We celebrate that you have great plans for him to be a strategic and mighty mover of mountains for not just people but places that people in these various places would would be drawn to the vision that he has and they would be empowered and financed to do these miraculous things in communities where there is no hope and so father i pray that you would begin to birth something deep inside of him that that not only sees this season of teaching and learning but god dreams of great change in in the world and that he would be a a fuel and a fire and an igniter of hope for thousands and thousands of people we celebrate your hand on his life. We say that no weapon formed against him will prosper. We say that small things are mighty in the kingdom. And so his humility, God, is something that you are championing here in our family. And we just know that that humility will translate to amazing miracles over and over again.
1: And I just, I just kept hearing the word like a transference. And I, I, want, I want you to never belittle or devalue what you are actually giving to the kids. It's really, really big. Um, It's huge. And so we're going to just pray that God, that you would fill him up more and more and more. It's overflowing to where it doesn't feel like anything is being taken from him when he gives to the kids. But Jesus, I I ask that you would actually send um, just angelic help to be posted in his classroom God, that the angelic would be ministering to these kids as he's teaching and that it would feel less like things are coming out of Daniel and more like things are just coming through the atmosphere of heaven. So God, we just thank you that there are kids that will actually find their salvation because they will will be inheriting what Daniel carries. God And they'll recognize later when they're being presented the gospel, they'll recognize what it was because of what Daniel imparted into them. And Daniel, I just hear the Lord saying that you are never going to be without. Uh, Just as Vince was telling that uh, picture that he saw of you in South America, I actually saw God hand you a $1 bill, and he, like, stretched it across, like, super far. And so your money is always going to be well-supplied. He's going to send people to invest um, in whatever you have. And so don't ever let money be a, a question in your mind of how will I do this or, or how can I do this? Even if you have like $1 left, it's going to be stretched so far and you're going to be able to do so much with it. Um, and I, just, I also hear him say, there's such a, a unique gift on you that is like cross-generational and um, like ethnicity there's there's a thing that you carry that everyone no matter their age or their ethnicity is really comfortable around you, and it's a a gift. It's a a gift, and it's it's something special. It's something we should all get to do, but it's a very big gift and assignment for you, and so God, we just thank you that he's going to cross generational barriers, that he's going to bring joy to the elderly, and he's going to bring hope to the young. He's going to bring vision to the young, and he's going to see older people have dreams ignited. He's going to encourage the young to dream big, and he's going to encourage the old to dream big. And so God, we just thank you for uh, what Daniel is going to do. And I just, I thank you, God, that you call him a mighty man. He is very mighty. He is very mighty. So we just honor Daniel today, Jesus, and what you've created in this awesome man. We just agree with you, Jesus. Amen.
0: Bethany, you're next. Come on up. Uh, Come on up. Come on up. I'm doing this with intention. Like, obviously, we could do this, like, privately, right? This is, it's easy to say, let's get dismissed, and then I'll pray with individuals. Um, I want you guys to, I want you, I want you to do two things. I've sat in seats, like, in the audience when this was happening for years there's seasons where I was, like, overwhelmed with the presence of God, so excited, so pumped up for those people, and it was really encouraging to me. There's also been seasons where I was, like, uh, uh, why, why am I not getting called up? Or they're not, like, that, that can't be true of them. Like, just the, like there's something else going on, right? You guys kind of, you don't have to nod your head, but I, I, know, I know how this works. And, and this is what I'm talking about with Joy with joy, when we see hope and encouragement for others, we should come alive. We should come alive with like, yes, yes, yes. And so it's really easy to take your own temperature when God starts doing things like this. If you find yourself like, Vince isn't saying the right words, or I know her life, that's not right, or I know, you know just quiet that down. Quiet that down. It's really, really important that we guard a culture of celebration, of joy this stuff is it's so important it's so important that we have a culture where it's like i'm so for her like i'm for bethany i'm for daniel i want to see i hope that encouraged them like i'm going to go up and and like i hope that works for them i hope that's true i'm going to be praying with them that, that, that that's true and and it's it's really fundamental to like how do you maintain joy how do you carry joy into life outside of these walls well god gives you gives you opportunities, this is like training ground for us, for all of us, this is where we equip each other to go do the life out there in this overcoming fashion, and so just just, just pay attention to yourself, right, and always force yourself into a place of like, Jesus, <laughs> good things, good things, good things, that's what we want, all right, Bethany, we love you, all right, so we, I just, I saw Bethany, there's a big question mark over her head about her degree and her placement in work, and God, was just in the the friendliest but mature way saying, do you think I made a mistake when I assigned you to that, that field of study? And obviously not. Obviously not. And I saw like a laser beam, which I think is cool because I know that that's what it is. But I saw a laser beam just destroy that question mark. And he said, stay focused. I have a calling that's in line with my assignment. Endurance is always part of it. Stay focused. Stay encouraged. There's great great things And there's a multiplication coming in your family and there's a multiplication coming of your dreams There's there's testing that's gone on for both of you Kev. This is for you too there's testing that's gone on for both of you in the delay for various things and we just we come up in support of you guys and say god is not done his promises are true what he's started will will come to pass he's been so proud of you too he's been so proud of you two because of your your willingness to just hold fast to the vision questioning is fine it's holding fast in your heart and you guys have both done that so continue Doing that. Continue to hold fast. And in that holding fast, there's a strength and a deep rootedness in his words over your life that will come to pass. He's so, so proud. He's so, so proud. He's going to put you guys on a pedestal, and he's going to announce to the world that I have begun, and I will complete a very good thing in this devoted and faithful couple. And so we celebrate we celebrate God's divine placement, we celebrate his timing. We say it's good and we agree that great things will come and great doors will open and we just as a family speak to the doors that have been closed and we say God's way open the doors for this family to take the next steps in all the arenas that you've had them on delay with. We celebrate newness of life, we celebrate newness of assignment in Jesus name. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah and I just hear Over you, Bethany, deep calls to deep, that scripture verse, it's Psalm 42. And I just wanna, there's such a deep, deep, deep well in you that's going, I I just hear the Lord like that, that this season of delay, it's not a punishment. It's not an an attack from the enemy. It's actually the Lord drawing you into a really deep place with him, and he's gonna share deeper things with you than he has shared. And it's this place of where you were really comfortable and content with your hearing from God and your understanding of God. And he's taking you to a place where you're gonna get to know things that you didn't know before. And so there's going to be this, the the discontentment comes first so that you can draw near to him and say, I need to know more. I have to know more. I've got to be closer to you. And so, God, we just thank you that your deep calls to her deep. Your deep, God, calls to her deep. So we thank you, God, for a season of vulnerability because strength is the end result of this. So God, we thank you for sharpening them. We thank you for strengthening them and preparing them to run. I just, I, I see that. Like I see, Him giving you like these track shoes, but they're tied and they haven't been put on your feet yet. But He's saying, "I'm preparing you to run." So, thank you, Jesus. We
0: can do, Elijah. Yeah. Okay, Elijah, you're the last one. Come over here. You can get prayer with you. You can go right there. <laughs> I don't want you to miss out on that. All right, this will be our last one for today. Uh, this guy's name is Elijah. That's a biblical prophet. That's really cool. He's very spiritual. Um, I'm going to let soap start. All
1: right. Well, Elijah, I just want to make sure that you know that God is doing this because he's really excited about your life. I see so much uh, pleasure and joy in God's eyes over you. And you may feel like how right now with the way I'm feeling or, or maybe you feel like you haven't achieved anything yet. But he's so excited because he knows what he created you to be and who he's created you to be. And that your story is not like by coincidence or your family or anything like that. It's so divine by God. It's that scripture verse, I formed you in your mother's womb and I knit you together. There's such a specific purpose on your life and God is so excited about it. And just during worship, I actually saw you in a room and I just heard the Lord say that he's going to come and start meeting you in like these really radical ways, ways that you feel like only existed in the Bible ways that you think aren't possible now. I saw him coming in like, like a swirling wind kind of tornado where you're like, oh, this is God. And it completely changes everything in your life. And so I want you to hold on to hope that God is meeting you in a really special way. And I just, I heard him say that you're gonna be a really great father. I know you're not married yet or anything like that, it might feel far off, but you're gonna be a really great father and and actually that you're going to change something in your generational line by the way that you father your kids. Um, there is going to be so much joy in your home and in your kids, and your kids are going to feel such a freedom to be them, their true selves and like to be who they are because of the way that you're going to father them. And I also hear the Lord saying that there is something that is so steadfast in you that he's really pleased about. And so you might feel like... I don't feel as steady as I should be or as I would have been but the steadfastness of your your position towards God he's so pleased about that because you've had questions or you feel like he he needs to meet you in some areas that he hasn't but your your heart has stayed going after him even in the questions and he's so pleased with you Elijah so I just want to pray over you about the things even you and Clark I, I joked around saying you guys were the epic duo. I don't even really know you guys or, or your friendship, but I felt that there was like a, a Jonathan and David type relationship between you guys. And so read that story in the Bible about Jonathan and David. It's a really, it's, David couldn't do what he had to do for God without Jonathan. And so both of you guys actually like have really specific assignment. Clark, over you, I just heard the word like global, like global impact global impact. You are not going to be stationary. There's going to be something that you do with the Lord that is going to make such a global impact. And it's not just ministry. It's also going to be like um, like creative I feel like that like an entrepreneur type thing is is on you and you're going to be innovative and in, in globally and it's going to make a massive massive impact all over. And so God, we just honor their friendship, but God, I just right now ask for Elijah, God that you would come into his room. God, that that word that I saw where you were meeting him in very, very exciting, specific ways, God, that you would do it soon, that you would rush in to his life, God, that you would break all barriers of, of understanding of how you would meet him, God, and that you would just come in, come in, God, and meet with him. I just, Elijah, there is something that God is so after you, and I, I just have to make that clear. Sometimes God pursues people in a really intense ways way, and I just, I, I see him pursuing you, like a really aggressive pursuit where he's like, this is my guy. I'm so excited about his life. I'm going to rush in. I'm going to rush in. I'm going to rush in. I just keep hearing that word. And so God, we just thank you for the anointing that is on Elijah's life. He doesn't even know how great it is, but God, I thank you for the anointing that is on his life, and I thank you, God, that you would just meet him in really extravagant, radical ways, God, that he's going to come in every week, God, just with new stories and new experiences. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Yeah, and I just, I just declare mighty warrior over you. Mighty warrior, there is not one thing that's hindered your family and your family's family that will... will will have ground in your life. You are gonna break every bond. You're gonna break through in every arena that there's been challenge. And there's a multiplication of favor that's coming over your life. And you've looked at the successes of the people that have been before you and said, how could I ever do something like that? That's amazing. God said those are small things. I'm I've given you a mind and a heart that I'm entrusting with great wisdom and great knowledge and God's going to give you great access heavenly things it's going to be good so we just agree that this is a great warrior and man of god he will not go down easy he will fight and god will come and support and he will win in jesus mighty name amen All all right all right let's stand up let's stand up thank you guys All right, we did that for a reason. We want you guys to know this is like an active part of our community. Many of you are equipped to do this with one another. We encourage you. Pray for each other. Encourage each other. Prophesy over one another. It's not always perfect because you're not always perfect, and that's okay. We do our best, and we lift each other up, and great hope comes from it, and we all need it. So let me just bless all of you, Father. I just pray for childlikeness and change. That's it. Let's change. Let's change and become more joyful, more lighthearted, more excited about the day. I pray that you would break the bonds of fear and heaviness that have followed some in this room. I just declare a new day of joy and freedom in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. Have a great day.